do, 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 do. The morning song. That's always the morning song getting us going. It is Friday, August 28th, almost at a month. The month is almost gone. We're almost at a month. We're almost ready to go into September. <sighs> Crazy, this year is flying by like no one would believe. <sighs> we had a great, great, great trivia night last night. Ralph and Alex walked away again with the top prizes. They are like, like a machine. Paul, good morning. As always, good to see you. Bright and early. Oh, man. It's Friday. So that means four for Friday. Four, your top four news articles uh, we're going to talk about in the world of cybersecurity and risk management. That's what we're going to cover. Um, we just got to talk. Got to talk again about how fun it was last night. We had Frankenstein's was one of the new domains we had. So we had 40 questions last night. Frankenstein's was a mashup of a video with a different audio track. And you had to determine the audio track. Uh, was I was a good, I think it was, I think it was a good time. Good morning, Alex. Good to see you. Nice run on the morning crew. So we got we got four articles today. Um, Deathstalker. Uh, if that is not a good name for an APT, I don't know what is. Uh, Magecart has done so well. It's gathering imitators, uh, people that are just doing the same thing. So what do we worry about Magecart? Why do we care? Um, let's take a look at that this morning. Chrome 85. Uh, it's being released. It's patching some vulnerabilities. We're going to talk a little bit about the patches, the what it's patching, as well as what they paid out for this round and their bug bounty program. And uh, Emotet's back in the news, but not why they'd want to be in the news. So we knew a month ago, well, this month, uh, Emotet's back. It was gone for a while, and now we know why it was gone. Why Emotet, uh, the ransomware Trojan, malware, evil just thing that it is, is back. Uh, but we know a little more about why it was gone, why it went on hi hiatus. And we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, the vigilante that is still haunting Emotet a bit by replacing its malicious payload with harmless gifts. Uh, and what we need to do, always, always we'll look at all, all four of these, and we'll check out the coffee cooler, weird holiday of the day, and we'll talk about why these are important to you, and uh, as always, why it's important to you, your friends, your family, your coworkers, the people you support at work, and, and what we can do about it. I do have to ask you, as always, if you can hit that subscribe button, hit the bell to be notified. Important to, to, if you can like the video, uh, if you like it, of course. I don't want you to like it if you, if you don't. If you don't like it, obviously don't hit the like button. But I hope you do like it. Hope you like the content we're putting out. Hope you like what we're talking about every day. This is a community. It's a security community. It's a risk community. It's a cyber community where we all get together and talk about these events. Um, Events of the day, uh, what's going on and why they're important to you. It is Red Friday, so we got the Red Friday shirt on. Remember, everyone deployed. Uh, and we have our one red coffee cup. I don't have my matching red coffee cup. 
because it has been absconded by the lovely bride. Um, you do know Alex. Alex is collecting these red coffee cups. He's got the big one. He's got the big one. He's got the uh, 20 ounce one. He's got the 30 ounce one. Not Alex, but uh, Ralph. Alex is very good about uh, donating his stuff right back to the cause. It's good. It's a good, good group of folks we have out there building good things for the community. So let's jump in. We'll jump in and talk about the news. We'll talk about what's going on in the cyber world on the 28th of August. So hang out. We'll do the intro and we'll be right, right back. Do, do, do. That's a catchy little tune right off of your uh, available licensed software. Got to watch out on YouTube. Always got to watch YouTube. Making sure your stuff is licensed or they'll get you with that copyright infringement. So you got to make sure your song is licensed. That's why you don't hear us playing any, any big name songs because you can't afford the licensing fees, man. We got we to gotta, gotta have a less expensive music track for our day, but we can do that. We can handle that. Um, first up, Cyware Social. We love Cyware Social. They put out Good articles, good, concise, to-the-point articles. They're talking about the Death Stalker APT, or Advanced Persistent Threat, and its attack on SMBs, um, and that's the small and medium-sized businesses, with cyber espionage tools. So Kapersky Research discovered that the Death Stalker APT, a sophisticated hacker-for-hire group, is launching large-scale commercial cyber espionage campaigns against targets spread across Europe to Latin America. And obviously, we, we know a lot of times we're focused on those things in the United States, but it's a global economy. It doesn't really matter if they... Bad guys going after someone in Europe, they could easily switch their targeting uh, area to the United States. That's just... That's the way of the world today. So, Deathstalker, they say Deathstalker the mercenary. Um, you know why they're going to say it's mercenary. They're, they're for hire, right? They've been active since 2012. That's been a long time. You don't, don't hear about them a lot, but this it's a long time for an APT to be out there. Deathstalker ATPT has been attacking small and medium-sized businesses as well as larger businesses and government organizations. They could just as easily say Deathstalker is attacking anyone they can get in, get a target on. Uh, researchers have linked the Deathstalker's activities to three earlier uh, tracked malware families, PowerSing, EvilNum, and Janie Cub, Janie Cub. Um, yeah, they just—they're after private sector groups, law offices, wealth consultancy firms, financial technology companies. Those are their three main targets. So if you're in one of those target groups, if you're out there today, that's one of the folks you support, or that's one of the organizations you run or own or whatever. Know that this is—you are in the primary scope of the Death Stalker folks. Not that they're going to leave you alone if you're not in that primary group. You know, there's always the target of opportunity, as the military would used to say. They often say a target of opportunity is probably never passed. If these guys get a chance to get a beat on your organization, they'll come after you. Um, Death Stalker leverages legitimate social media, blogging, and messaging services such as Google Plus. Does anybody use Google Plus? Uh, Imager, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, as dead drop resolvers to evade detection. Yeah, they use those legitimate sites so they can kind of sneak through malware detection, uh, malware protection and detection schemes, uh, email filtering, and all that kind of stuff because those sites are legitimate. 
Um, the Deathstalker group used three tool chains. We already talked about them. Janny Cub, Power Sing, and Evil Num. Kapersky is saying that they're suggesting these malware tool chains are used to gain a foothold inside the victim's network. The key role of these tools is to enable deployment of further payloads. So obviously, they use these tools, jump in there, get in there, and then they're going to push other payloads, including backdoors and other types of malware, onto the network. Um, Evildom was found spying on targets to obtain financial information for both the targeted companies and their customers. So not even just not even just the company now; they're going after customers as well. Since 2020, uh, like every other piece of malware, Deathstalker has been leveraging the COVID-19 um, for both Janny Club, Janny Cub, and PowerSing implant deployment. They're, they're using that same phishing techniques that every bad guy's using right now, where they're saying, "Hey, click on this link because you may have been infected with COVID-19," or click this link about COVID-19. Whatever social engineering way they're trying to come in. They're coming in, trying to use that social media, trying to get you to be worried about COVID-19. So these guys, um, in a way, they're like the Decepticons that we've talked about before because they're hacker for hire groups. Um, these hackers are emerging as a unique player on the cyber threat landscape. So we have to think about how these, how are these guys getting in? How are they getting in? Um, is talking about, you know, using COVID-19. They're talking about using these different uh, social engineering methods to get in. So that leads me to believe they're normally using phishing, spear phishing, whaling, phishing, those campaigns to try to get into your network. So obviously we have to, we have to prepare our end users for protecting against these, these attacks. Our biggest defense against these these social engineering attacks is training our end users to look for them. Um, we put techn technological defenses in place, right? We can put things like um, mail filtering and malware filtering and that kind of stuff in place. But as we talked about in this one, Deathstalker leverages legitimate social media blogging and messaging services uh, to evade detection. So they're putting, they're dropping content on these other sites and using links to those other sites that are legitimate to get their malware deployed. Um, we've seen earlier this week, we looked at the version control problems within um, within Google, within the Google Drive, how that can be exploited to make things look look crazy. Um, but we just definitely, we definitely got, we got to train our end users, right? We can put those defensive measures in place. We have to put in malware protection. We have to put in, um, Malware protection, we have to put in our defense in depth. We gotta have the border border guards around our fire our, our perimeter. Those firewalls, those IDSs, the IPSs, that kind of stuff to protect us. We gotta train our end users not to click the link. Um, that's that's one of the biggest things. My lovely bride is saying, I, I did not she didn't steal it, I left it in my truck in the truck. I did leave it in the truck, that's true, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call it your truck, so you stole it, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, so we got to watch out for Deathstalker. They're a mercenary group. They are a for-hire hacker group. Um, they're, they're going after, obviously, their, their target set law offices, wealthy consultancies, 
uh, financial technology companies, but they couldn't go after anyone. They could go after anyone as a target of opportunity. They want to get on your network. They want to use your resources. Um, so many things they can do. They can lock up your data if they want to use a ransomware attack. They can steal data. They can use your network as part of a uh, botnet. There's all kinds of things they can do once they can get in because they're for hire. Um, anything, almost anything goes for a for hire group like these guys. Uh, so watch out. Uh, we have to watch out for them. Uh, speaking of watch out, Magecart. You know, and I, I have... I have not really talked about Magecart in the morning show too awful much because it's it's um, uh, it's, it's covered a lot of covered a lot of other places, but we got it. We got to cir circle around and talk about Magecart right now. So this is from Threat Post. Obviously, like all the links are in, like every every show, the links are all in the show notes below. Uh, the Magecart threat group has dominated headlights for headlines for its use of malicious JavaScript code which is injected into e-commerce websites to exfiltrate customer payment card data, but new research points to a growing industry of underground forums, so-called sniffers, being advertised and sold and, and also regularly updated. Um, threat Post shows an array of threat groups who over the past six months have tracked continually developing advertising customized payment sniffers that are updated regularly and contain multiple capabilities that are available for purchase or rent. Um, so Magecart was the first one, first real effective skimming tool online. So a lot of times it would it would be put on a website that was exploited um, using a using a JavaScript exploit, JavaScript code that would act as an interface between the website's payment processing capability. Um, so when a, when a normal user went to buy something from that website, they would use the payment processing system. Um, and I got a couple of examples. I can't think of the the uh, open cart, like is a good example. I couldn't think of a good example. Open cart's a good one. So if websites use an open cart, open cart is, is vulnerable to the JavaScript then it will it can get injected and the payment details from that user are not only passed on to the folks providing the service or the product, but also to the attacker who's using MageCard. Um, the sniffers are malicious code, generally JavaScript. They're injected into a website payment system by a cross-site scripting or XSS um, attacks or otherwise. These are designed to steal payment card numbers Card verification values, that's those three or four digit numbers that are always asked for. The secret numbers that you always have to give when you use your credit card. Um, and they also go after other PII. If they can get your other PII, they're going to grab it too. Because we, as we've talked about, PII in itself, your personal information is valuable too. Amidst this, a uh, number of threat actors have emerged on the scene offering customized sniffer variants and in this article from threat post they talk about two of them um one russian speaking actor threat actor is currently making waves his name is bilar he's created created and is the sole designer of a payment card sniffer called mr sniffer uh, gotta love the name the sniffer was first debuted as an exploit in december 3rd uh, 2019 
and is currently being advertised for about three grand. So if you pay three thousand, you can you yourself can get Mr. Stiffa on the on the dark web. Um, the package includes unique unique way of receiving, implementing, and executing malware code, cross browser obfuscation, data transfer, an admin panel that possesses the ability to defeat brute force and DOS attacks, and for three grand you also get 24/7 support and flexibility for customer needs. So they are full service. This guy, it's one guy running this whole thing, running Mr. Sniffa, uh, Bilar. He's got a help desk. He's got updated code. He's got 24/7 uh, support. He'll help you out if you wanna. You wanna be malicious and go out and do this stuff. I would always say, don't ever do this. This will get you get you landed in jail quick. Um, we know those folks are out there, and they're doing it a lot of times from countries where we can't get to them. Uh, I would always say, don't, don't do this. You need to put your, put your time and money into doing this. Put your time and money into learning security and come out and join us in the field where we need you. Uh, another group of bad actors, which go under the moniker Soshi, tout JS Sniffer variant called Inter, uh, which has been active in forms like Exploit, Verified, and, and Club to Card, or Club to CRD, since uh, December 2018. Described as a universal sniffer designed to steal CNP, payment uh, data from payment platforms. And this one, they list out which ones are vulnerable to this specific one. Uh, Magneto, OpenCart, and OS Commerce. And websites using iframes or third-party party payment processors. Soshi is a little cheaper. It sells for $1,000. Um, the purchase includes the sniffer's payload, the user manual, 24-7 service, and a free admin panel and uses updates to make it undetectable to antivirus software. It's funny, and we talk about these organized criminal organizations, whether they're an APT, a state-sponsored folks, or just organized crime, operating more and more like a, a true organization, a business or an organization. Both of these, you, you either get Mr. Sniffa or you get uh, Inter, they both have 24-7 support. Um, customer service. It's crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's out there. It's mutating. The first one, Magecart, got out there and proved that they could make money. And just, just like ransomware, as long as they're making money, they'll continue to not only do what, what they're doing as a malware or as, as a bad actor, but they will spawn other people to do the same thing. And in this case, we see other people after Magecart. You've got Mr. Sniffa, and you've got the uh, the Inter, and a, probably a ton other. You know, if they're if we're talking about these ones, there's a bunch of other folks behind the scenes that are building their own versions that are already out there. Um, what do they want? We always talk about these things. In this, what do they want? It's it's easy what they want. It's easy to identify what they want. They want your credit card information. They want your PII. That's what the bad guy's after. Because credit card information can be sold. It can be used to buy things uh, and then resell them. Um, there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a ton of reasons why people steal your credit card information. They want your PII because that's valuable. That can be sold as well. So what can we do to protect against it? So if we're running, if we're running a website, we need to make sure we're picking a payment processor that updates itself regularly, that's not vulnerable to these things. Maybe pick a payment processor that pass, passes the, the, the mark for being PCI compliant, the payment card industry standard 
for certification that they are they're, they're doing at least the basics in security. And I would say at least the basics make sure they don't have cross-site scripting code errors in the way they process a credit card or when, in the way their interface works. It looks like that's one of the biggest ways that the bad guy's going to get in. Um, they're injecting their JavaScript through a cross-site scripting attack. Um, there are a lot of payment processes. I'm not going to not going to say one is better than the other one, but you want to pick one. If you find one that's got PCI certified uh, payment processor, uh, it may cost you money. You may have to pay a bigger percentage to that payment processor, but you don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. And obviously, the the the, the fallout from all this probably is not going to be you have to pay anything if you're using a payment processor, but do you really want your customers going through that? If you're online, if you're selling stuff to a customer base, you're spending a lot of time building that customer base. The last thing you want to do is have them have their credit card information breached from your site. Um, so what do we do as a customer? As a customer, if we're giving our information to a website and they're not protecting it, that, that's the first thing, you know, figure out, make sure you're buying stuff from legitimate sites, from good sites. Um, the other thing is keep track of your credit score. There are too many places right now that will give you access to credit score monitoring for free. Most banks will alert you if there's something weird going on in your credit card. So make sure you're monitoring what's going on in your credit card. That's how we protect ourselves. If we're in charge of a, a website that's, that's doing payment processing, that's selling stuff online, make sure we're using a payment processor that I would say go for one that's PCI certified, payment card industry. And that's interesting. That's MasterCard, Visa, and American Express got together and said, here's our minimum set of standards we want. Websites have to, or the payment processor has to go through a certification process to prove that they're doing the minimum amount of security required. And that's what we want. We want to make sure they're doing the minimum, at least the minimum. Um, some of these folks aren't even doing that. So that's what I'm saying. That's how we protect ourselves from this mage cart stuff. Um, keep track of what's going on with your finances. Chrome is in the in the news today. Um, this one's fairly short. Um, Chrome 85 was released in the stable version with 20 security, fix, security fixes, including patches for 14 vulnerabilities disco, disclosed by external researchers. This is that bug bounty program. Um, so the first of them, CVE 2020, 6558 is an insufficient policy enforcement in iOS. Um, the second one that's at the high level is CVE 2020 6559, uh, free after use uh, vulnerability in the API. Um, no bug bounty was paid for the first vulnerability, um, and it has to, the, Google's deciding how much they're paying for the second vulnerability. Um, but in this basket of goodness that's coming out with Chrome 85, uh, they paid, Google paid 10 grand to bug bounty folks. The highest went to uh, Nadja uh, Eugentheim from unix.de for reporting uh, CVE 2020-6560, which is insufficient policy enforcement in autofill. If you're using autofill, we know that. So what's all included in this? Um, seven medium bug bounties, five low-risk flaws. Um, they also earlier mentioned that they they fixed another um, use after free, after free vulnerability, um, but it's, it's also slid into this one. CVE uh, 2020 
6492 CVS. Looked at a CVSS score of 8.3. Pretty pretty high on the CVSS score. All you know, we know we know that goes to 10. 10 is the highest you can get on that thing. This is 8.3. Um, so the issue described it as free after use. Read uh, exists in the web GL component. Fails to properly handle objects of memory. An hacker, an attacker is able to successfully exploit the vulnerability could execute arbitrary code uh, in the context of the browser process. And this was discovered by Cisco researchers. They identified the bug in Chrome 81.0.4044.38 stable and the dev version as well. Uh, they're all listed in the, in the article in the show notes. Uh, the vulnerability, vulnerability specifically exists in Angle, a component layer between OpenGL and Direct3D that Chrome uses on Windows systems. So we know that's a Windows vulnerability. Um, an adversary could manipulate the memory layout of the browser in a way that could gain control of the use after free exploit, which could ultimately lead to arbitrary code execution. A couple of weeks ago, Google addressed another flaw in, flaw in Angle, namely the CVE 2020-6542, a high severity vulnerability that affects the use after free bug that could be exploited through setting up malicious websites hosting code to be ex executed on the victim visit. And in that case, Google paid 10 grand just for that one to the, their bug bounty. So 10 grand for that one, 10 grand for the other ones wrapped up in this update. Still don't know um, the second vulnerability, the second high vulnerability, this use after free in the presentation API was reported by Lu Wei and Wu uh, Zhengzai, uh, Transit Security. So big thing here, there's bugs in your Google code. Update your, your Chrome, update Chrome, get it, get it updated, get it ready to go. Um, Matt is here. Good, good to see you again, Matt. Um, well, hello, Matt, to you. Orienta orientation day. Congratulations. Uh, orientation on a Friday. That's that's okay. I, I'm all for it. Orientation on Friday. Well, congratulations. Have a fun orientation day. Hopefully it's not too bad of a drive to the new the new hangout. And uh, what I've been waiting to talk about, this is our headliner for tonight. Emotet. Emotet is back. And we know Emotet was around doing doing its thing, Emotet. Emotet is a normally a a ransomware trojan that goes after financial institutions. Um, and when it gets there, it it encrypts the data, steals the data, encrypts the data, and charges ransom to get that information back. Um, it was gone for about four months. We didn't know what happened to Emotet. It was, it was, it was just, it just disappeared. It stopped, it stopped ex exploits. And uh, for about four or five months, it was just gone. It disappeared off the face of the internet. I was like, well, what happened to Emotet? Where did it go? Um, where did this evil, evil ransomware go? Because Emotet, they were charging up to a million dollars to release the, the encryption keys for folks to get their, their, their data back. Um, so Cyber Social is talking about, you know, this kill switch for defense. So uh, vulnerabilities and exploits, often bad news for product users. However, malware 
uh, can also have flaws that can be used by security researchers to defeat the malware. Um, researchers at Binary Defense found one exploitable vulnerability in a prolific and highly successful Trojan malware called Emotet. Um, so what these guys found is they found that there was a buffer overflow in the Emotet code that either could be deployed before the infection, before Emotet did its thing, kind of like a, they're saying the article saying like a vaccine, or if you identify that Emotet is on your network encrypting data or stealing data, you can use this exploit mid-infection like a kill switch to just kill Emotet. So in August 2020, research dis disclosed developing versions version 1 and version 2 of the kill switch Emo Crash um, and distributed it to defenders around the world uh, on February 12, 2020 with strict instructions not to post publicly. So I kept it secret. The kill switch was alive from February 6th to August 6th, um, about the time Emotet was silent. Emotet developers, being good developers like they like they uh, should be, sent out a core loader update to remove the vulnerable registry code. They're patching their system, thereby disabling the kill switch. So we have the same, you know, funny, they we're talking about these, these organizations like a, like a legitimate business, right? So they have identified, they did some vulnerability management. They, they scanned their code. They realized we've got a buffer overflow. They stopped using the code. They took it offline. They fixed the code. They fixed the buffer overflow. And then they re-released it. And that's when it came back. That's when it came back this month, uh, back live. So um, <laughs> mid-August, mid after disabling the kill surface, kill switch, Emotet resurfaced rapid rate with more sophisticated wow with more sophisticated features and capabilities. They started using like everyone else. They used the COVID nineteen as lures to get business in the United States and UK to open the email. Uh, they found malware was found using stolen attachments um, along with hijacked email conversation threads, uh, which included fake extortion emails. Last part was is interesting. This bullet they point out is interesting. If they can exploit a machine, you know, say Bob Bob in finance his machine, they built their code to pull documents off of Bob's computer and use those in the email, and to pick up on threads that Bob already had to spread. So we we know our defenses for for a lot of this um, phishing, a lot of social social engineering. We think about don't open email if you are not expecting. If you don't know who it's coming from, you know, don't open it. If it's an attachment that looks funny, don't open it. Um, what these guys did, Emotet, they said, pick up on a thread, a thread that's already happening, dump one of the documents that's already on the exploited user's computer into the email and infect it with Emotet. So now as the, as the user that you've been well-trained, you're like, if I get a weird email from outside the company, I'm not opening it. If I get a weird attachment, I'm not expecting, I'm not opening it. But this is a conversation Bob and I have been having, and it's got an attachment in it. I'm going to probably open it. So again, we got a new round of, of training folks. We have to make sure we're patching our systems. We can't let this get in to start with. And we know the main ways ransomware is getting in today is RDP, a remote desktop. You know, so we got to secure that. We got to make sure it's secure. 
We're logging into it through a VPN. We're not, we're not exposing that to the internet. VPNs as well are being, are being exploited because they're not patched. And we're seeing some of the patches that are being exploited. Patches have been available for over a year, so at least a year. So we get those things patched. And the other thing is phishing defense. So if that initial email can't get in and the person doesn't click on the initial email, then Emotech can't jump on and steal a conversation and inject itself into a conversation and steal documents from that user's desktop. So we have to keep these things from getting in the first in the first place. Um, so an un unexpected pansea is called out in the article. In August 2020, a mysterious vigilante started the Emotet hack operation, which was fighting the threat actors behind Emotet by replacing malicious payloads with whimsical gifts and memes. GIF, GIF, let's start a war over that. Um, so what they're doing is, is Emotet, the way Emotet works, it's a distributed distribution system. And when it attacks a, a computer, it calls out to pull the malicious code down. So it'll call out to generally a exploited website, a, a, a website that has been already um, attacked and is already owned by the Emotet folks. It's already, it's already, now it's been turned malicious. And then the attacked system, the system that's going under the attack, will pull down the rest of the exploit code. So what this vigilante did is he found all these places that Emotet was posting their malicious code, and he replaced it all with like weird gifts uh, of, of different things. So this way, when you got exploited, and the, the program Emotet went to run to pull down the malicious code, it pulled down Rick Ashley or something singing. Uh, it pulled down a, a GIF of SpongeBob. It pulled down whatever. Um, obviously, the Emotet guys were quick to figure that out too. And then it's been kind of this game of they go around exploiting other websites, dropping their payload other places. This vigilante goes around trying to find them, replacing them. They change the GIF out back out with the bad, bad payload. This guy goes back in. It's just this back and forth. Um, so bottom line, through Emotet's distribution spam, though Emotet's distribution of spam was defeated for a short duration, the operators were not inactive. Through this time, they proceeded to focus on further improving the features and capabilities. Thus, users are recommended to stay cautious of this notorious malware that's very much still alive. Very, Emotet is very much alive, just like in The Mummy, Emotet comes back from the dead, back out there due to bad harm. These guys have been asking some of the ransomware a million bucks. They'll go attack a big company, give me a million bucks. Um, and if they weren't making money, they wouldn't be doing it. Uh, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong for an organization to pay the money. That's obviously a risk-based decision they have to make. A lot of times it's not just the encryption of the data. It's the malware actor, the bad actor, will steal your data. And if you, even if you recover, even if you have a solid recovery plan and you have a backup tape that's going to backup tapes, a backup system that's going to backup uh, and recover all of your data so you don't need them to decrypt it, you've got it all backed up. Even if that happens, a lot of these malware actors, these bad actors, will steal your data first and they'll post it publicly on a website, and and that's kind of the that's the two two pronged attack they get you on, 
is even if you can recover from it, they may post your data and that could be a, a serious thing as well. So you might have to pay just because of that. So we have to keep them out to start with, you know. And again, it's malware protection, it's defense in depth, it's having a, a perimeter firewall. It's starting to look at things like zero trust and obviously educating your end user. Um, why they want in, why do why does the Emotet actors want in? They want in to encrypt your data, to steal your data, because they make money off of that. That's why. Let's catch up on what's going on in the conversations here. Uh, Matt, they were moving and shaking. Uh, yeah, somebody was playing host to them and not knowing, free hosting. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, 3.8 million, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of money. That's the at was that Matt's that's the average to recover from one of these attacks, right? It's a lot of cash. So you're paying the paying the money out. Um, man, there's a lot a lot we have to worry about today. That's why we need the quality, skilled, trained, critical thinking, security folks, cyber folks, risk management folks. If you're out there doing it, if you're doing the job, if you're doing it every day, we're here to support you. We're backing you up giving you the information you need. That's why we need you to subscribe, you know, hit the bell to be notified. We love that stuff. Comment. Love the comments. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt's going to say, learned it from me. You know, I just I just rebroadcast the news. This stuff we see on the news every morning is what we get to talk about. That's what we get to talk about here. Um, so that wraps us through the four for, four for Friday. Um, today is National Boat Tie Day. Um, there's actually a website nationalbowtieday.com um, they, they want you to use the nat, the hashtag hashtag national bowtie day to join in the fun obviously I'm not wearing a bow tie today um, I knew a guy that wore bow ties all the time once a year every August 28 thousands of men women and house pets all around the globe come together to celebrate the often underappreciated accessory the bow tie whether you love this style or its retro cool factor or Quirky connotations. National Bowtie Day marks the one day a year when the bow tie reigns supreme. Go to the grocery store, do a puzzle, ride a hot air balloon. If you're wearing a bow tie, you're celebrating. Um, then it gives you some information. Get yourself a bow tie. It's got steps in there, including a video on how to tie one of these dang things. And I just I could never I could never get it. And a lovely bride will tell you. Uh, she got me a couple. I tried tying them until my hands were cramped up. Couldn't get it. I can tie a bow tie. I can tie all kinds of long ties um, in my sleep, driving down the road in an elevator. These bow ties give me every single time. We always end up getting a clip on because that's the way that's the way things go. Alex, good to see you. Thanks for the thanks for the comment. Always appreciated. Always like the fact that you guys are here in the morning. Hope you guys have good plans for the weekend. We do have to get through today. Get out there today. Take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers, your organization. Take care of each other. Um, make sure you're doing that. That's what we got got to do. Uh, got to take care of each other. Best claws. <laughs> um, yeah, so take care of each other. We got to go out there and we got to take care of things. We got to keep things as secure as we possibly can. That's that's the world we live in. We're out there to defend. We're taking care of of our folks. Let's see how this thing comes up. It does. The bear comes up. I was wondering if the bear was going to come up on the screen there, Matt. Um, 
So go out there, do good things today. I'd love to see your comment down below. If you would share with your friends, that would be awesome. We'd love to get people subscribed to the channel, hitting the bell to be notified. Know that we're here every morning at 7.30 talking about the cyber news of the day. We do have a vacation week coming up. We'll talk about that next week, though. Um, forget what we're going to do there. But as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for going out, taking care of things. If you learned something this morning, go out and make sure you're protecting that, that, that group that you protect. Friends, family, coworkers, your organization, folks you know, people you walk down the street, let them know. Patch their, patch their Google. Don't open links they don't know. Anyways, that's what I'm saying. Go out there and do good things. As the Bravos would say, go get some. And we will see you bright and early, 7.30, Monday morning. Talk more about the cyber news of that day. We don't even know what's going to be yet. So join us then. We'll see you there. Have a great and wonderful weekend. Uh, next trivia night, I think I put it out there. I think it's the 10th of September. So be there or be square. We'll see you guys on Monday.